It's finally game week for Rhodey as they face Western Kentucky at home and a lot of college basketball from across the nation that you don't want to miss. We have it all here, all for you, on Ballin' with B-Show. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Ballin' with B-Show. I'm your host, Gavin B-Show, and it is finally game week for the Rhode Island Rams. After a 15-day hiatus, they play Western Kentucky on Saturday. But before we get into that, we've had some great games over the past week in college basketball, A-10-wise, and from the Power 5 as well. So kick it off on Saturday the 14th, Xavier, number 23 team in the nation, Took the L to Wake Forest, 78-80. to A big game for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. A win they desperately needed to really get that kick as ATC play is approaching. Mississippi State defeated Kansas State, 67-61. Number 10, Oregon, beat number 5, Michigan, on the road, 71-70 in overtime. A game which was a true thriller. Michigan was down the whole game. They got it close near the end. Oregon made a three-pointer, which did not um, did not count. It went in, but did not count as it was not released before the buzzer at the end of the second half. And it was just a back-and-forth overtime period, trading baskets. And, and Michigan just missed it. Uh, there was a l- couple layups tapping at the end that almost went in, but did not fall for Michigan as they took that L at home. Penn State defeated Alabama 73-71. Not a good look for Ron because they beat Alabama. But, you know, Alabama's got a lot of chances. They got to, you know, pick it up and start winning some uh, quality games, which I think they will. Nate Oates has got a good staff over there, a great team with John Petty and Kyra Lewis. So I think they'll be fine heading into SEC play. But I do think the Crimson Tide have to pick it up and finish strong in the non-conference. Rutgers defeated number 22, Seton Hall. At home, 68-48. to And Miles Powell's Seton Hall star was injured with a concussion. Apparently, Coach of Seton Hall... Uh, Miles Powell's asked the Coach of Seton Hall during the game, why are we practicing at Rutgers? Now, that's just crazy. Uh, back concussion for him. That put him out of the game. I think he's out for a couple weeks with a concussion. But nonetheless, Rutgers did take the victory by 20 over the Seton Hall Pirates, number 13, Memphis, defeated number 19, Tennessee, 51-47, to which snapped, I think it was like around 20, 21 straight victories at home for Tennessee and the Volunteers. So that streak was snapped. Gonzaga defeated number 15, Arizona, 84-80. to And now moving on to Sunday, we had one big game. It was Minnesota, where they upset number three Ohio State at home, eighty-four to seventy-one, and it proves that home games in the Big Ten are no lie, and that is straight facts. I mean, I think every team but Michigan State and Northwestern are one and one so far in the Big Ten, and every home team besides Northwestern has won. And Northwestern, who's a bad team. Only lost by five to Michigan State at home. 
So it shows that, you know, if you're going to go through the Big Ten, it's going to be tough, and you're going to be ready for the NCAA tournament. You're going to go on the road and play in such just very difficult environments. And, I mean, whoever comes out of that one strongest, I think will have a great chance when it comes to the NCAA tournaments. And on two last Tuesday, or a couple days ago, Creighton defeated Oklahoma 83-73. to And yesterday, Wednesday, Gonzaga picking up a huge win, defeating UNC by 13-94-81, which moves the Tar Heels to 6-5 after that loss and an upset loss to Wofford in the Carmichael Auditorium. I think it's one of the longest in Tar Heel history. Not looking good so far for the Tar Heels. I mean, not making shots. Cole Anthony's out, and everything seems to be falling apart at the right time. Um... To you know, spark this drought. And then, also on Wednesday, Cincinnati defeated Tennessee seventy-eight to sixty-six. Utah upset number six Kentucky sixty-nine to sixty-six. And Saint Mary's University beat Arizona State last night ninety-six to fifty-six, a forty-point victory for the Gales over the Arizona State Sun Devils. Now from the A-10, number 12, Auburn, defeated St. Louis, 67-61. to Richmond defeated the College of Charleston, who has shown fits to the A-10, 78-71. Spiders pulled out a victory there. Number 13, Dayton, yes, now number 13, Dayton, defeated the University of North Texas, team that a couple A-10 teams, including URI, have play, has played they defeated by 13, the same margin as URI, 71-58. to Richmond struggled against Old Dominion, but they did pull out a victory with a game-winning three from Grant Golden with a second, I think it was 1.6 seconds left when the ball fell through the hoop. Grant Golden hit a good old pick-and-pop, center of the arc, double-clutch three for the win there for the Spiders. Um, a win that, not that they needed, but a loss that they didn't need on that board. They prevented from that. And VCU. VCU had trouble with Charleston. Final score 76-71. Charleston had a much 10-point lead over the Rams, but they did pull it off in the end, winning by 5. So that was the recap of the basketball games last week. But now, you can finally get to some stats for Rhodey as they play Western Kentucky on Saturday at 2 o'clock at the Ryan Center, December 21st. We'll start with Rhodey. They're averaging around 74 points per game on offense, all thanks to Fats Russell with 21.4 points a game for him and 5.2 assists per game leads the team in both categories. Fats Russell shoots 41.3% from three and 47.1% from the field. He has shown to be super efficient and is getting buckets at will for the Rams. And he's also dishing out 5.2 assists, which I think is huge. He's, that means he's not really forcing up a lot of shots, making sure his teammates get touches and gives them enough um, leeway to make plays, which they desperately need to do to uh, combat with Fats' firepower. People have been saying Rooney's pretty one-sided with Fats at the helm at guard. But, I mean, if these players get hot, Jeff, Surreal, Tyrese, like they did last year, man, this team will be hard to stop in the 8-10. 
Jeff Down averages 13.2 points per game, going 41.8% from the field. Kind of doing kind of average compared to last year. He's doing all right, but could do better. A couple three point shots he needs. I think he's only shooting 30% from a three. If he can bump that up a little bit, it would help uh, the team out a lot as he's gotten a, got a lot of good looks, making tough shots, but he needs to knock, start knocking down the three ball if they want to be effective in the three point game as they are only shooting 31.9% from that range. Cyril Angevine averaging a double double with 11.2 points. 11.1 rebounds. He's shooting 48% from the field, which is pretty decent. He does need to work on defensive rebounds, though, if there is one area for improvement on Cyril's half. He does get a lot of offensive rebounds, but and he does get defensive rebounds, but not as much as he should. I feel like in that Providence game, he let up like four or five offensive rebounds in the first 10 minutes. That can't happen against teams like Western Kentucky or teams like Richmond or VCU or Dayton or Davidson. So I think if you can box out and really limit the opponent's offensive rebounds, that would really help in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the front court play. Speaking of the front court play, we receive a big help in depth on Saturday. We get Georgetown transfer Antoine Walker is going to be playing or suited up for his URI roadie, roadie, roadie debut at home. Now, he is 6'9", around 250 pounds. He's a big man. He's athletic. He can shoot the ball. He can um, contribute in big ways, I think. Personally, they might get him in a tiny bit in the Western Kentucky game. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets only a couple minutes. But I feel in the next stretch, when we play Middle Tennessee State and Brown, he's going to see a lot of playing time to get ready for the A-10 play. So I'm excited for that, for Antoine Walker, because that's a big, big plus for Rhodey, Um, with Jermaine Harris struggling as of late. Tyrese Martin is averaging 10.6 points a game, 5.3 rebounds, and he's shooting 40% from three and 44.3% from the field. He's doing, he's being sneaky good right now. Um, It's actually hard taking this together because they haven't played in so long. But nonetheless, he's been doing um, very well for the Rams this year. He's been rising up, hitting shots, playing good defense. So, again, that's something you want to key on as well. And speaking of guards in that play, Gregory Hammond, one of our best recruits, well, we only have three recruits, one of our three recruits, three-star from Louisiana, has entered the transfer portal. Don't expect him to be on the bench on Saturday against the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky as... You know, hate to see him go or enter the transfer portal because for this year especially, but I do get it in a sense. I mean, you hate to see it happen, but I mean, we have a couple of great guards coming in next year. I mean, we have Jeremy Shepard coming off waivers after his transfer next year. Elijah Wood, Ishmael Leggett, those are two very good prospects and recruits from David Cox that are guards. So, I mean, when I get the most playing time, which makes sense, which it stinks that people really care about playing time, but I guess he wants to play basketball, and I respect his decision, and I respect him um, wherever he goes, and I hope for the best for Gregory Hammond. So don't expect him to be on the bench on Saturday against Western Kentucky. And I'm, I'm very sure that David Cox will make sure he gets a good home across anywhere in the country. Rhode Island's team is shooting 42.8% from the field, which is very good, especially compared to last year 
where they're very sloppy with the ball, turning the ball over a lot, only turnovering the ball 14 times a game. The free throw shooting, 68.9%, could be higher. I, I like it around 73, 74, 75%, which I know is hard. But if you want to be a great team, you got to hit those easy buckets. From three-point, as I mentioned before, they're shooting around 32%, which is like 4% better than last year, but they should be around 35% if they want to be at that peak level. And they play Western Kentucky on Saturday, led by Coach Rick uh, Stansbury, his third year coaching the Hilltoppers. They're averaging 80.2 points per game this year. Their number one player, 6'11", sophomore center Charles Bassey, 15.3 points per game, 9.2 rebounds, 53.3% from the field, will not be playing in that game, which is huge for Rhodey uh, when it comes to a team like them. They have that killer guy who's looking like NBA draft uh, uh, draft ready. He had fractured a tibial plateau fracture and is getting season-ending surgery after their win over undefeated Arkansas in overtime, 86-79 to last week. So that's going to be a huge show for Rhodey without him on the court. One less... Uh, Huge star to not worry about. But this team overall is very good. They also have Tavion Hollinsworth. He's a guard. He's averaging 13.5 points per game and is very efficient, going 51.6% from the field. You also have Cameron Justice, who's a guard, 13.3 points a game, but he shoots 41% from three, which is deadly. That's like fats deadly. And 43.3% from the field. They're also led in the front court by Carson Williams forward, who's averaging 11.3 points a game, 5 rebounds, and 62%. Very efficient from the field. Also, another guard, Jared Savage, 10.1 points per game, 5.1 rebounds, and 41.3% from the field for himself. Western Kentucky is an all-around team, shooting around 50% from the field with help from Charles Bassey, who's not around anymore, um, playing on the court. But they do shoot... 36.5% 36.5% from the three-point line, which is very decent. And they do make their free throws going 77.4% from the charity stripe. But they do, they're a little sloppy with the ball, averaging about 15 turnovers a game. I think a key for Rhodey is definitely three-point defense, especially with a 36.5% three-point percentage. And also, Charles Bassey's not out. They won't be relying on the big man as much. Well, they might... They might have bigger roles, but nonetheless, it would be hard if they can adjust to those roles. This is like one of their first games besides an exhibition past that injury. So we'll see how they play, but three-point defense is going to be huge as they're going to be firing away from their guards without the support of Charles Bassey down low. So I think another key is Rhodey has got to run. they got to they gotta get buckets. they got to get easy buckets. they got to get fast breaks because this team is a very good offensive team. If they can slow them down and turn defense into offense and get easy buckets, I think they'll have a... Uh, very good chance of winning this basketball game as well as hitting three-pointers and free throws, the two things I love to preach. And, of course, create turnovers, which leads into fast breaks, which I mentioned a little bit before. So, nonetheless, I think Rhodey's got a good shot. My prediction, they win by around by 8 points, 73 to 60, 65. 73-65 is my prediction. Again, they got to play good offense. they got to create good shots, get to the line, make those free throws bully them on the glass, and turn those turnovers and defensive stops into points using the fast break offense. So yeah, I think those are my keys. That's the stats, everything you need to know for the game on Saturday. And let's get in to 
games this week. We've got a lot of good ones, especially in the A-10. Very good week for the A-10 across this Christmas week. But let's start for the Power 5. Tonight, Maryland travels to Seton Hall, a tough team, but without Miles Powell, I don't think Seton Hall has enough strength to withstand the Maryland Terrapins, who are just on fire. One loss to Penn State on the road. A tough environment. But I do think they will win this one over the Pirates of Seton Hall. On Saturday, we've got a lot of good ones. We have the cross-town uh, matchup between, or the crossroads matchup between Purdue and number 17 Butler as the Boilermakers travel to Hinkle Fieldhouse in a game that should not disappoint. You want to really try to get to see that game. That's going to be a great rivalry game to watch. Just keep your eye out for it. Number one, Kansas travels to number 18, Villanova. Finishing off a home-and-home series between the two. Last year, Kansas won round one at home, and Villanova is looking for revenge. This is a win that they desperately need to up their non-conference resume, in my opinion. But I do think there's one game that can top that one. Number five, Ohio State plays number six, Kentucky like to see how Kentucky comes out, especially after that loss to Utah. Utah's a solid team. They only have a couple losses or one or two losses. But Kentucky, they have lost a couple games that they shouldn't have. I think they should have beat Utah. I think they should have beat Evansville, of course. But nonetheless, Ohio State's also coming off a loss against Minnesota on the road. So this game really is very pivotal to these two teams um, when it comes to this stretch. And then like Utah, speaking before, they host number 20, San Diego State, a real test for the undefeated Aztecs as they go into Utah with that undefeated record on the line. Another great game to see. St. John's visits number 16, Arizona, in the Air Force Classic. That's another great game. You got Nico Mannion on Arizona. You have a solid St. John's team led by Chris Mullen. St. John's seems to never win the big games, so let's see if they can pull it out on Saturday. But let's get into the A-10 games. We've got a lot of good ones. On Saturday, VCU travels to Wichita State in a big game for the Rams and their non-conference schedule. It's really bumped them up in the ranks, get them close to a, you know, top 25 bid, maybe. But we'll see how they do on Saturday. Harvard travels to George Washington, a team that's playing better than many thought they would play. But not, you know, like, not, you know, Knocking doors off, but Harvard is a great team. They travel to George Washington. Could be a sneaky good game in my mind. Duquesne, one of four undefeated teams left, travels to Austin Pay. Any game now for Duquesne is really just a challenge as you know they're playing decent teams coming down the stretch, especially uh, on Sunday where they play UAB. So, you know, two games that they either go to 11 0 or 9 2. We'll see how they do. St. Bonaventure travels to Middle Tennessee State. That's there because Rhode Island fans get to see how St. Bonaventure gets to play on the road against Middle Tennessee State, see how they fare, and see what happens there. Number 13, Dayton, has another statement game. They travel to Colorado in a game that can really help them in the AP pool. If they, take, they can get a win on the road against Colorado, this would put them up in the ranks, probably definitely top 10, maybe, eh, maybe top 5. See how this weekend shakes up with teams winning and losing. St. Louis travels to Kansas State in another great game and on Sunday. Again, Duquesne plays UAB. And then Davidson travels to Loyola, Chicago, and a must-win for the Wildcats as they're just 
flirting with disaster with just a couple bad losses, and it's really starting to fall apart for the Wildcats. If they can bring it together for a 10 play, that will be good for the conference, and it will be good for them. So nonetheless, we're on Saturday, Western Kentucky, 2 o'clock at the Ryan Center. Big, big game for the Rams, see how they perform. Hopefully they can um, win by at least 10 points for the net rating for that cap. Uh, 10-point cap would be good, but win is a win nonetheless. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. We got Middle Tennessee and Brown to go over. I'm excited because we're coming to the end of this non-conference slate, which means A-10 play is around the corner. A lot of proving for the Rams when that does occur. We're going to cover it all. We're going to cover A-10 play and across the Power 5 and across the nation in college basketball. And this is going to be an exciting time once conference season rolls around. So stay tuned for next Thursday's episode. And as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.